Welcome to Bible Chapter Every Day. I'm Matthew. Our chapter today is Acts chapter 12. Let's ask God to bless our time today. Heavenly Father, as we read this chapter, we pray that you would help us to understand prayer, understand the purpose, what prayer is about, and as we understand it more, that you would cause us to pray more. Talk to you, our Father. We ask this through Jesus. Amen. Acts chapter 12. Now at that time, Herod the king laid hands on some of those from the church to harm them. So he executed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And when he saw that it was pleasing to the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. Now this was during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. After he had arrested him, he also put him in prison, handing him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him intending to bring him out for the public trial after the Passover. Thus Peter was kept in the prison, but prayer was fervently being made to God by the church for him. Now when Herod was about to bring him out, on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and guards before the door were watching the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood near him, and a light shone in the prison cell. And striking Peter's side, he woke him up, saying, Get up quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, Gird yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and was following him. And he did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but was thinking he was seeing a vision. And after they had passed the first and second guard, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened for them by itself, and they went out and went forward along one narrow street, and at once the angel departed from him. And when Peter came to himself, he said, Now I know that truly the Lord has sent out his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and all that the Jewish people expected. And when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, who is also called Mark, where many people were gathered together and were praying. And when he knocked at the door of the gateway, a female slave named Rhoda came up to answer. And recognizing Peter's voice, because of her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter was standing at the gate. But they said to her, You are out of your mind. But she kept insisting it was so. And they kept saying, It is his angel. But Peter was continuing to knock. And when they opened the door, they saw him and were astonished. But motioning to them with his hand to be silent, he related to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, Report these things to James and to the brothers. And he departed and went to another place. Now when day came, there was not a little commotion among the soldiers as to what had become of Peter. And when Herod had searched for him and did not find him, he questioned the guards and ordered that they be led away to execution. And he came down from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. Now he was very angry with the Tyrians and Sidonians, so they came to him with one purpose, and after persuading Blastus, the king's chamberlain, they asked for peace, because their country was supported with food from the king's country. So on an appointed day, Herod, after putting on royal clothing and sitting down on the judgment seat, began to deliver a public address to them. But the people began to call out loudly, The voice of a god and not of a man! And immediately an angel of the Lord struck him down, because he did not give the glory to God. 
and he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of God kept on increasing and multiplying. So Barnabas and Saul returned to Jerusalem when they had completed their service, having taken along with them John, who was also called Mark. Well, that's the reading. Let's dig in. In chapter 11, we talked about the church in Antioch and how they were sending Barnabas and Saul to Jerusalem with a gift to help with the famine. Now we read of a new persecution in Jerusalem. Herod started to persecute the church. This is yet another Herod. This is Herod Agrippa I. His grandfather is Herod the Great, who killed the babies in Bethlehem to try to get rid of Jesus. His uncle is Herod Antipas, who killed John the Baptist. And now, this Herod kills James, the brother of John. James is the first of the twelve apostles to be killed for Jesus. He is actually the only of the twelve whose death is recorded in the Bible. But if Herod had got his way, he would have killed at least one more. He put Peter in prison and planned to kill him. Peter was guarded by four soldiers, and there were four groups so that they could take turns guarding Peter. This was high security, but Peter was a higher-profile prisoner. Luke tells us, But prayer was fervently being made to God by the church for him. It is the last night, and Peter is to be killed the next day. And at this last moment, an angel comes into the prison, wakes him up, tells him to get dressed, and walks him out of the prison. The chains fall off, the gate opens on its own. Peter couldn't believe it was really happening until he found himself free in the street. So he went to Mary's house. This was Mary, the mother of John Mark, who will show up a bit more in the book of Acts. I guess Peter had a good idea that there would be some Christians at the house, and indeed they were gathered and were praying. It doesn't say what they were praying about, but Luke had already told us that the church was praying for Peter, so it isn't too hard to guess. It is so funny that Rhoda forgets to unlock the door, but just runs back in and announces that Peter is there, and that the Christians cannot believe that Peter is free, and come up with the idea that it is Peter's angel. But eventually they let Peter in, and then Peter goes on. So, Herod won the first round, killing James, but he loses the next round when Peter gets away. Then Luke tells us about when Herod loses for good, He was giving a speech to some people who really wanted to make a good impression on Herod, so they shouted, The voice of a god and not of a man, which apparently Herod liked to hear. So an angel of the Lord struck Herod, and he was eaten by worms. Josephus is a Jewish historian, and he gives a version of this story. Josephus is not necessarily 100% accurate, but his version adds some interesting details. Luke's point here is that God wins, and the persecution stops. Then we have a brief mention of Barnabas and Saul having John Mark with them. In Colossians, Paul tells us that John Mark was Barnabas's cousin. Of course, Barnabas is encouraging to everyone, family or not. And now for a deeper dive. We have to think about prayer with this story. Did no one pray for James? Is that why he was killed and Peter spared? I cannot imagine they didn't also pray for James. Perhaps not as fervently, because they may not have imagined that he would be killed. And it wasn't as if Herod was stronger than God to be able to kill James against God's will. James and John had asked to sit in high positions in Jesus' kingdom. And James gets the high position of dying first of the twelve, 
for Jesus. John, if writings outside the Bible are correct, got the position of last of the twelve to die. And Jesus predicted how Peter would die, but it wasn't time yet. So, is prayer unimportant? If God's going to do what he's going to do, then why pray? Well, if we think that God needs us to advise him, we have a bad understanding of God and of ourselves. But sometimes God is waiting for us to pray before he acts. He's like a father with his child. A good father will have his child help him with some work. The father could do the work twice as fast without the child's help. But that is not the point. The father wants to teach the child. The father may say, okay, what step should we do next? The father knows what step comes next, and he isn't going to let the child mess things up too much by doing things too far out of order. But he is involving the child in the process. That is us with our father in heaven. God could do everything so much better and faster without us, but he chooses to work with us, to teach us. So yes, prayer is incredibly powerful, because we are talking to God, and he can do anything. And fortunately, he isn't going to do just whatever crazy thing we suggest, but he's letting us help him, and waiting for us patiently to understand before he goes on to the next step. And many times he will amaze us with things we couldn't have thought of. Do you want to help your father do things that really matter? Scripture quotations are from the Lexham English Bible, copyright 2012, Logos Bible Software. Lexham is a registered trademark of Logos Bible Software.